You are listening. You are listening. You are listening to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. You know, that's great to hear. I love hearing that. I love hearing that. I talk to a lot of people in PA, man. It's like crazy how many people in Pennsylvania are into fly fishing. And I know you guys have all kinds of, you know, steelhead, trout, brown trout. You've got, you know, those those tribs, right? We talk about 20 Mile Creek and, and some of the some of the waters that you're frequenting are they're I mean, they're on my bucket list and, and it's your it's your everyday. So that's kinda cool. It is. It's right, you know. <laughs> I gotta say, and I've been saying this since we talked before, and I just, just for years now, you know, and I just talked to a guy yesterday, I talked on these guys on the stream, and I gotta say, Pennsylvania has to be the most underrated fishing state in the country. And if not, I would have to say, it's, it's, it's gotta be top three in the country. Gotta be top three, just because the quality, the quantity, just, yeah. I mean, you could come here and catch a trophy trout every other weekend, you know. Welcome to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast, featuring interviews with passionate people within the fly fishing industry. We focus on guides, conservation, resort managers, gear, and talented fly tires bringing usable information to fly fishers. The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by the fly crate the flycrate.com is your source for all things fly fishing the fly crate offers a monthly fly club we select patterns every month for your home waters with membership you'll receive flies created to match the hatch in your area along with the fly crates guide magazine the convenience of having flies delivered right to your door some sweet stickers discover new patterns and start stocking your fly boxes now the flycrate.com Here's your host, Mark Hopley. Okay, really stoked you chose to join us today for the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. We're going to head out to Erie, Pennsylvania. Man, there's lots of great streams, rivers, tribs, you name it. And Tom Ossoff is fishing just about all of them from That's Wild Fly Fishing. Uh, now, Tom is a guide, artist, carpenter. He's with Drifthook, Thomas & Thomas. Um, before we get into your history, Tom, um, we got lots we can dig into here, man. Tell me what you got going on with Drift Hook right now. I heard some rumors about a fat trout hat. What's that all about? Uh, yeah, so Drift Hook, they have, they have a, quite a few hats. They got a few at now. Um, they're all good, but mine specifically uh, <laughs> is called the fat trout hat. It's a really neat hat. It's very comfortable. Um you know, check it out. But that was, that was really cool. I, I, I was excited about that. Um, I'm also excited about a few other things with drift talk. Okay. So tell what else you got going on with those guys down the end. Um, so, uh, drift talk mainly has, they're going to concentrate on, they, we do have some apparel, but it's mainly your flies and your fly boxes, the perfect fly box that you can imagine, because what they do is they have, everything labeled on it for you so you can kind of understand they help you out in that understanding they're really really um forward and very very helpful with trying to get the fly fisherman to understand what a nymph is or what an emerger is or what a dry is mm -hmm. or what a streamer is etc so they're going to help you out in that, that aspect um i'm really excited we're going to come out with two new boxes 
Um, it's going to be the pro guide streamer and the pro guide nymph box. Cool. Um, you're going to have a little bit of a mix of both. You're going to have some drift hook, uh, flies in there. Um, you're also going to have some of my personal flies in there, my personal, uh, streamers and my nymphs. So cool. I'm really excited about that. So are you actually tying these or is somebody else tying them for you? Just out of curiosity. Uh, so, so, um, we're going to have, it's going to be my, obviously we're going to have, <laughs> We have to have other guys tying too. I can't tie everything. <laughs> it just, you know what I mean, Mark. It's I do. just um, we're gonna we're gonna see where it goes and then uh, yeah, and then go from there. That's um, awesome. Man. But they will be hand tied by me. Um, cool. So and the, eventually, we'll see what else happens. <laughs> talk to me about the yeah. relationship you got so, going with Thomas and Thomas before we get into your history. What's what's going on with Thomas and Thomas? I know that's a beautiful stick. I know you believe a hundred percent in what they're doing. Talk to me about what you got going on with those guys. Yeah, Mark, you know what? So I talked about Drift Talk. I talked about, or I want to talk about Thomas and Thomas. Um, they make the greatest rod you will ever put in your hand. I stand behind every single product that I am just telling you about because mm-hmm. I've fished with a lot of products, pretty much everyone out there. Um, and, you know... <laughs> Thomas and Thomas contacted me and asked me to uh, fish with the rod. And, you know, it just seemed right because my grandfather's name's Thomas. I'm actually, my name is Thomas. So it just, I don't know. <laughs> it just felt right. So I received a rod from them. I received the zone. And I tell you what, the zone, when they first gave me that rod, it is a very affordable rod. Not only is it affordable, but I wanted a rod. I told him I wanted a rod that you can do just about anything with, Mm. all of it. I wanted a rod that you can do all of it because not everybody can also just go out and buy five different rods, you know. So they gave me the zone, and I tell you what, you can do it all with it. Streamers, nymphs, drives, whatever. Just check my Instagram out. What check are you out fishing? Everything. What are you fishing? That's this? what I'm using. We talking a five weight? We talking a six four? What do you got? How long? So I right now I'm actually using a four five weight. Um, I'm using their ten foot four mm-hmm. four weight zone and perfect. I'm fishing right now. I'm fishing uh, pretty decent sized tail waters to mid sized streams and. I tell you what, it's a perfect rod for if you're if that's what you're looking for. Hmm. Um, they also make a contact too, which, in my opinion, right now is the best rod out there. It is. It is. They have a lifetime warranty. Hmm. They're handcrafted in the USA. I mean, you can't you can't ask for anything better. You just can't. I just encourage people to at least put one in your hand and try it. Um, you're going to fall in love with it. I'm telling you. Good stuff. I know I have, uh, I casted a Thomas and Thomas a few years back at a show and I was, I was pretty blown away. So it's, it's cool. I, I love the fact that you can, you know, these guys are supporting what you're doing. You're supporting what they're doing. I appreciate that. Now we're going to dig into your history just a little bit. So talk to me about how, where did you find fly fishing? How did it kind of get introduced into your world? Okay. So, you know, I don't know. I just, 
being on that stream, I've, I've, I've been fishing since I was six. I mean, my parents got me a Snoopy pole when I was little. I mean, I had the same and once one, they man. did that, you had the same one? I had a Snoopy. It was red, and it had a Zebco Zeb reel, man. We, we probably all had that same reel growing up as a kid, at least. I guess maybe in my era or around our era. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I do. So, you know, I think that's what started it all. My parents got me my first pole, and I didn't quit, man. It's like, you know, I was just thinking about it. No, I just I drive my car all over the place, travel all over, wherever I can. The fish, I did that when I was younger, and I did it on a bicycle, or I walked as far as I could to my legs hurt. You know what I mean? And I did it for the, I did it for that. I did it for those fish. I did it for, for myself. That's the kind of, it's the therapy that I needed, especially in this world today. You know, I do. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) So throw, throw out some influences. Who's influenced you? So, so, you know, when you look back, in your fly fishing journey, who's kind of been, um, you know, mentors or, and, and Todd, it doesn't have to be, you know, anybody you knew, it could be online stuff, or maybe it's, you know, somebody in the family who, who, who kind of mentored you a little bit? Well, you know, I, I have to say my dad, I have to say my dad, he's always been a big part of my life and my grandfather always just outdoorsy hunting fishing trapping whatever just we just spent man i spent countless hours outdoors whenever i wasn't working or at home i was outdoors all the time i very rarely spent time inside and that's another thing with our era and i don't see that growing up now you see a lot of people at least younger generations, you know, which is nice to see everyone trying to get really outdoorsy and get their kids and get back to where we kind of used to be in that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would have to say definitely my grandfather, my father, another guy, I don't know if you've heard of him, but I, I'm sure you have. Joe Humphreys has oh, been, yeah. he's been since i since I started fly fishing, since I was 12 years old, he's been a huge influence on that stream. You know, you see those, those older guys that are, you know, my dad's 74 and he's out there, you know what I'm saying? So you see those guys out there and they're doing it. And that's something I just, I can see myself doing and, you know, hopefully one day I can see myself doing that. And hopefully one day I can, compare or even come close to that you know would just be just absolute dream you talk about joe humphreys it's funny because i mean i know he's a legend in pa right so but he's a legend all over north america when it comes to fly fishing like we had i had george daniel on and he told me how much he learned from that guy when you got you know guys like yourself stepping up and saying uh joe humphreys basically is the reason i do this i've heard that from a lot of people so um, pretty, pretty cool influence, man, for sure. So I want to, you know, that's great to hear. I love hearing that. I love hearing that. I talked to a lot of people in PA, man. It's like crazy how many people in Pennsylvania are into fly fishing. And I know you guys have all kinds of, 
you know, steelhead, trout, brown trout. You've got, you know, those those tribs, right? We talk about Twenty Mile Creek and and some of the some of the waters that you're frequenting are, they're I mean they're on my bucket list and and it's your it's your every day. So that's kind of cool. It is. It's right. You know, <laughs> I gotta say, and I've been saying this since we talked before, and I just just for years now, you know, and I just talked to a guy yesterday. I talk on these guys on the stream and I got to say, Pennsylvania has to be the most underrated fishing state in the country. And if not, I would have to say it's, it's, it's gotta be top three in the country. Gotta be top three just because the quality, the quantity just, yeah. I mean, you could come here and catch a trophy trout every other weekend, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's possible. You can get that out West too, but, mm. but then you could go fish for steelhead. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I hear you. No, it's good. I mean, honestly, most of my downloads come from either, uh, Colorado, Pennsylvania or Washington state. And it, it's always I get a lot of downloads in your neck of the woods, but so, so, Hey man, we're going to take this off the water. I want to get to know you behind the scenes. So when driving to your favorite stretch, don't name it, but when you're heading out in your truck or whatever you're driving, what's playing in the stereo? Oh man, what's playing in the stereo? Um, (laughs) I'm a, I'm a huge, like I said, I kind of grew up country, so I'm a huge Johnny Cash fan. (laughs) Yeah. For sure. That 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 old school country, Waylon Jennings, Hank Williams Sr., you know, that's that's what I like listening to. Yeah. Good stuff. Some guys, you know, some people might say it's depressing, but you really haven't heard you haven't heard the real songs and you haven't heard all their songs. You might have heard like radio stuff, but you haven't really gotten to the heart and soul of it. You know what I mean? Mm. It's kind of like a blue a blues aspect to it, especially with Johnny Cash. Yeah, like you know, those so those B sides, right? Those lesser known songs. That's that to me is where you get yeah. to know the artist. That's it. That's exactly it. Exactly it. Hmm. So um I know you just came off the river and I always like to ask one go-to pattern. What was your go-to pattern today? Well, my go-to pattern actually, you know, I'm like I said, I'm a nymph guy, but you know, we've been getting just pounded with rain. I mean, pounded. And when we get like that, I actually love going out then. I love going out when we get high water. Yeah. I love fishing slow areas, and I love throwing the streamers on. You'll be surprised in what you're going to hook up when you do that. Hmm. You'll be surprised. But my go-to is I've been, uh, I got a yellow articulated streamer um, that I like throwing, uh, drift hook streamers, awesome streamers. Those, those are my go-tos. Yeah. Cool. Makes sense. Um where are you talking fly fishing these days? I, I mean, I know, I know you're a drift hook guy, ambassador. I know you're a Thompson Thomas guy. Is it social media for you? To, where do you get your fix when you're not in your waders? Is there a fly shop that you are always in? Is, uh, where do you find kind of that passion when you're not on the water? Uh, when I'm not on the water, I like to tie. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I like to tie. I do. I love spending time in the shops. I love doing that. 
Yeah, which um, shot, man? Name, name, name some names. Oh man, big shop is I'd have to say um, uh, the Southern Hook and Coburn. That's a that's a a great shop. That's in Central Pennsylvania. Yeah, you got to hit that up if you're there. They make the best flies, the best streamers for for your shop wise. I'm all, I always pick a couple up when I'm in there just cool. because they're just they're a great bunch of guys. They'll lead, all lead, always lead you the right way. Yeah, I I know what you mean by that. There's something about that when you go into a fly shop, it can be a little overwhelming. But when you go out and you had a good experience, I know what you mean when you say leave the right way. I get that. Yeah, yeah, because you. I mean, I've been into some fly shops and they're just, you know, some of them they just get the feel they're just there to make a buck. But you know, there's mm. some fly shops out there that really they want you to catch fish. You know, they want you to have a good time. Yeah, that just. For me, that just enhances the experience. So I, I, we talked before, but I can't remember, man. Are you a Penn State guy? Are you a Flyers fan? Are you a where do you get your fix in sports? Uh, well, you know, I've I grew up, you know, I played football. I was a strong safety in high school. I played baseball. I played basketball. So. <laughs> And I fly fish. Like, I just, I don't know. I was always very active. But I've always been a huge baseball fan. Huge baseball. In fact, I still am. I'm good. I've always been a Pirates fan. Right They're not the greatest. But you know what? <laughs> I just, I, I i don't know. I guess it's something about that uh, America's pastime kind of thing. You know what I mean? I and it, Which kind of coexists with fly fishing. Maybe that's why I love it so much. You got to support your team, man, good or bad. You know what I mean? That's, um, that to me, it makes it all, I don't know how to verbalize it, but even if you can support a team through the tough times, because the Pirates had their day, man. They had a few good years back in the day, and I remember that. Oh, oh, absolutely. They did. They did there for a long time. In fact, my favorite baseball player is Roberto Clemente, Yeah, you know, which was probably the greatest era. But uh, you know, the last few years they've been they've had their ups and downs, some really good starts. They just they get good players, but then they trade them off real quick. You know, we had Barry Bonds and Bell, and like, and that's just a couple. You know, they just we're almost like a, a team that uh, picks up really good players, but then for some reason we get rid of them real quick. I don't know what it is. You yeah. know. How, are you a Steelers fan too, or or is it? Is I am. It, I know, am a Steelers fan, but I, you know, I for some reason I just the way football has kind of been going, I just I don't know if I've been kind of upset about the way it's kind of been turning out. You know what I mean? Just with the changes and everything. But I, I am a, and I always have been a diehard Steelers fan. Yeah. Cool. Is uh, Roethlisberger going to be? Is this going to be his last year? or What is he going to be done after this? I got a feeling he's, <laughs> he's edging Boy, up. Boy, you know, yeah, I. You know what? I don't. I don't think it is. I really don't. Really, I don't think it is. <laughs> it's amazing when you look how how long um, professional athletes' careers are now. You look at guys like Tom Brady, and they're still hanging around. And yeah. <laughs> It's yeah, like, ab- absolutely. I just it boggles my mind. I look at guys like Roger Federer. I look at you've been hearing these names in professional sports for so many years, and all of a sudden it's like, man, it used to be when you hit like thirty two, you were done, 
or or whatever. Yeah. Now it's like you can. Play. Yeah. Well, look at look at Brett Favre. Even you know. Yeah, that's I a mean, good example. Yeah. That's yeah. That's that was a great yeah great example. He he he. I don't know even before him, but he kind of maybe started that a little bit. We're kind of hanging in there for a few more years, you know, <laughs> yeah, and showing yeah. people you could still play. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Because he did, man, he did good with the Vikings. He really did. He, you know, he actually helped the team out quite a bit. So, well, I think, I think when you when you've been doing it that long, you can't help but bring. There's a confidence factor. I, I saw it with with Peyton, and I'm a big Broncos fan. But when when he went to Denver, it's like, oh, finally, we got. You know what I mean? It, it, it's great to have a great rookie, but at the end of the day, when you can get a veteran that's been there, done that, um, it's hard to argue. It, it is, you know, I'll take a veteran over a rookie, a good rookie any day, only because, you know, nine times out of 10, they got the playoff experience. They probably got Super Bowl experience. Yeah. And at the end of the day, that's kind of what matters is the experience. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, the biggest lesson that you've learned on your fly fishing journey. So if you distill down what you take from this passion, how how could you verbalize that? And I know that's a big question, but like, what do you get out of what you do? What do I get out of fly fishing? Exactly. You know, I get everything out of fly fishing. I mean, everything. When I hit that water, you know, I just, it makes me feel like a kid. Like I even, I think I even said this in one of my quotes. It's, it's a, it's, time for therapy session <laughs> yeah you know like it's it's just the greatest thing in the world like that's that's you know one that's all i that's all i need that's all i feel i need <laughs> <laughs> i love it um fill in the blank for me man so when i'm not fly fishing i'm usually doing what when i'm not fly fishing i'm I'm spending time with my family. I am. I'm spending time with my friends, my family, my fiance, just, yeah. you know, cause other, other than the stream, that's probably my, my next favorite place to be is just with my family. Your fiance, is she a fly fisher? Uh, she, she fly fished, uh, one time, but she's not, she's not much. She'll go out with me, but she's not much of a fly fisherman now yeah, you know what so as honest. much as i would love her to be but you know sometimes sometimes it's nice you know i i because i get the stream to myself you know yeah. what i mean yeah you got your own thing no I, I i i can totally relate to that um it could it could go it could go both ways on that aspect i would love for her to spend every second with me but you know for a couple to yeah coexist like that you also got to have your own passions you know 100 yes. percent, man that's that's uh that is so true um best job you have ever had are, are you doing it now or is it something you know what's the best gig you've had best best gig i would have would have probably have to say be fly fishing but <laughs> Job, job, like the job aspect wise, I, I do do kitchen and bathroom remodeling, specifically tile. And I, I love doing that. I love doing other people's houses and I love doing their bathrooms and kitchens. And I just, 
I loved seeing their face and, you know, they're going to spend probably the next 50 years or more or less, depending, you know, but somebody's going to eventually live there and that could be their forever home for, I know, you know, so it gives me a sense of gratitude. So I can, I can honestly say that. Yeah. Cool. Good stuff. We're chatting today with Tom Ossoff. Tom is out of Erie, PA, steelhead guide, artist, carpenter, as we just heard about. And um, you know what? Uh, amazing photographer. He's got some pretty cool stuff. Check out his stuff on Instagram. Um, he's an ambassador for Drifthook, Thomas and Thomas Rods. Tell me what you've been up to, man, because since you and I chatted, Tom, originally, um, you know, you were just doing your thing, spending your time on the water, but now I know you got a couple companies involved. What's it like working with the guys over at Thomas and Thomas? Oh man, you know, I just got put on with them and I gotta say, you know, I've, I've never owned a Thomas and Thomas until now. And, you know, I've, I fished with Sage. I fished with R.L. Winston, Orvis. I fished with all of them. I've tried them all. And I, I have to say, Thomas, I'm not just saying that, but Thomas and Thomas makes an excellent rod. Not only is their zone affordable, but their contact to their higher end is just absolutely amazing. I mean, you, you have to just try, you have to try one of these rods. You will, their, their, their motto. And I just read this the other day is actually the, the rod you'll eventually own. And they yeah. couldn't be more right. They're handmade, handcrafted in the U.S., lifetime warranty on them, just a fine piece of craftsmanship. You you won't be disappointed with the Tom and Thomas, Thomas where, and Thomas. Where are they based out of? Uh, they are actually based out of the East Coast. They're based out of Massachusetts. Okay. I uh, I was at the, the fly fishing show a couple of years ago before COVID hit in Seattle or just outside of Seattle. And I had one of the rods in my hand and it was, it was the dream rod. I was just like, wow, this is pretty sweet. I never bought it. I, I wished I would have. So uh, I know what you're saying. And when you, when you, when you find a company that kind of like their values are aligned with yours and, and you know, there, there's a lot of passion where they're coming from. I mean, you named some good rod companies, but, uh, I'm sure that you're, uh, you know, you're with one of the best and you're definitely, uh, the, the what is your Instagram handle? If somebody wants to check out some of these fish you're catching in PEA, where do they find you? Uh, where do they find me on Instagram? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can find me at TD Ossoff. That's T-D-O-S-S-O-F-F-83. Well, you know, it actually, it's, it's my initials. It's just Thomas David Ossoff. Ah, okay. Okay. That, that's all. That's what it is. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, and then the, and then the year I was born, 1983. I assume that, but I, you know, I wasn't sure. <clears throat> so... <laughs> Um, what else is going on in your world, man? I know you hooked up with the guys at Drifthook. Tell me about that relationship. Yeah, so, you know, Drifthook, they make amazing flies, amazing streamers. you got to check out their stuff. They, not only are they affordable, but they make very good quality stuff. And, in fact, all my nymphs are Drifthook nymphs all of them, every single one of them. And every single, most of the fish I catch are on drift hook nymph. Cause that's most of the time I'm, that's what I'm doing is I'm nymphing. Right. 
Are you Euro nymphing or how are you fishing those nymphs? Mostly? Yes, I do. Technically, I am a pole. I am seventy five percent polar, so I am a Polish nympher. <laughs> <laughs> so, so tell me about your setup with your Thomas and Thomas. How long is that rod, and what kind of setup you got on that for the most part? I have the uh, five uh, five weight, the ten foot four five weight. Yeah, beauty. That was that was a rod I had in my hand actually in Washington. I was like, wow, that's pretty sweet. Um, and you know, they also make uh, they make the slightly larger one for people if you like the larger ones. I believe it's a ten seven, um, and they give you both of those options for any single rod they have. You just have to check them out. They usually say it on it. Um, cause some guys like a low, a larger or longer rod, if they're fishing and in bigger streams, you kind of want that couple extra inches, you know, it, it'll give you an advantage, you know, a couple inches is going to give you a 10 to 20 more feet of distance of nymphing. Yeah, that's well said. So are you still doing the steelhead alley thing? That was something we talked about on the last podcast. Is that something you're still doing? Yeah, so I am still doing that. I am still guiding. And, uh, you know, when you see me with the browns and all that, the wild brown trout, that in the off season when I'm not guiding, that's what I do. That's where my passion's at. That's what I grew up doing when I was a kid. So I kind of like fall back on that as my kind of release because I really don't get to actually fish too much steelhead. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's just something that I set aside for myself because I love it. I've always done it since I was a kid. I grew up trout fishing. I didn't really start steelhead fishing until I moved to Erie and my friend introduced me to it. And I just kind of, since I was always a, a brown trout, uh, brook trout guy, it kind of, it fell into my lap, yeah, as as you could say. It, it kind of fell in there e- easily. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, for sure I do. I I don't know that I asked you this before, but I'm going to ask you it again. Your dream day, what does that look like? So are you heading out early? Are you hitting some trips for steelies? Are you fishing brown trout? If, if, you, had, <laughs> if you had to paint a picture for us, Tom, what would that look like? So, like, like, walk me through that, you know, what does your day look like? You heading out early? You got that cup of coffee going? What kind of fish are you chasing? What kind of flies are you throwing? Paint us a picture. Oh, you know that's a tough one. You know, I I've really grown to liking fishing for steelhead. I really have. Like, there is nothing. There's nothing comparable having a steelhead on the end of your line. You know. But at the end of the day, like I said, my my passion is chasing those wild browns on the upper Delaware, specifically the West Branch, during probably the greatest hatch or just the nicest day of your life. It's just it's just absolutely gorgeous. In fact, it's my favorite stream in all of Pennsylvania. Hmm. I got to ask you, so have you, have you been finding with COVID and just with kind of people getting outdoors and, and, and also with how fly fishing has really taken off over the past little bit, are you finding a lot of space out there still, or is it getting a little harder to find the room? 
Well, you know, I can I can say that the sport has definitely been growing with within the last few years. It's doubled, if not tripled. But you know, I I still a lot of these guys are new. A lot of these guys that are fishing now, like like it's just like I just said, they're new. They're hitting the spots where you got to drive right up to it. You got to drive up to it, and you can walk down. 10, 20 yards into the stream. And that's the only spots they're fishing because they don't really know. They don't know. A lot of them don't really know what they're doing, you know, even to, to some extent, right? especially the newer guys. And most of these guys that are fishing now are new. So it's, it's still pretty easy. If you don't mind, if you just don't mind putting in a little bit of a hike, and I don't, because I'll man, I'll look at my my phone or my watch, and man, I'll I'll do I'll put in ten, twelve miles someday, if not more. Hmm. Yeah, no, that's and and you know what, I that's been my experience too. If you're willing to kind of get the waders wet or drive that little extra or drift, or you're gonna find some water that's that's open that nobody's kind of drifted ahead of you, which is always. Uh, you know, I think that's, uh, it's important, right? Cause, uh, let's face it. If, if, if every, you know, if the busier the waters get, the harder the fishing gets. And, uh, I, I just think that that's one thing we talk about on this a lot. And I know you're not, probably not a big still water guy, but that's kind of where I've seen a lot of growth on still water because it's like, you know, there's more room out there. So if you're hitting a lake, all of a sudden there can be 20, 30 boats on there and you still got space. But when you're hitting a small, you know, spring Creek or trib, it's like, um, there's only so much room out there. And that's kind of the feedback I keep getting. Has, has that been your experience? Well, you know, it, it has and it hasn't. You know, like I said, Pennsylvania has over 88,000 streams. A lot of those guys don't even know about some streams. That You know, they never even heard of them. You know, it, with, during the off-season of Steelhead, I, I usually travel all over PA. And I mean all over. That's why you're seeing me. I travel all over PA. And I hit all these spots that I've just been hitting since i was a kid since i was a teen since i could drive right so a lot of them don't really know about those spots and then you know i mentioned my my favorite stream in pennsylvania which is the upper delaware it's a pretty big river it's probably the best river tailwater stream this side of the mississippi hands down if you haven't fished it you need to check it out um I see drift boats on it, but it's so nice and it's so great that you're going to find open spots. I, I promise you that. I promise you that if you don't mind putting in a little bit of extra miles, hmm. you, you, you will find some sweet spots with some really sweet fish. Well, you just said a number there that stuck with me. 88,000 streams in PA. Wow. 88,000. Huh. So it's amazing because we have all these little, little tiny streams. Now, granted, they're only going to hold really small trout. You're not going to get, you know, your 15, 20 inches. Granted, there might be some spots where there are some in there, but you are never going to get to them. You're only going to get to them on days that are cloudy or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
Well, I, I love what you're saying about that, that rain, that high water. Cause I mean, you and I know that when that water gets a little dirty, that's when a lot of those fish start moving. They kind of get, they kind of lose their inhibitions and they're more likely to hit. If somebody wants to book a trip with you, where do they, where do they find you? What's the best way to go about that? Uh, you can, you can message me on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, that's, that's pretty much it for, for right now. Um, I can take you out rain or shine. It doesn't matter as long as you're willing to go out. And I granted some guys don't want to go out, but I can take you out rain or shine and put you on fish. Yeah. Yeah. What's your, what's your Instagram again? Uh, it is T D O S S O F F 83. Got it. So, um, that's TD off off 83. Is there anything that's kind of bugging you these days when it comes to fly fishing? Is there anything you think we could be doing a little better? Uh, you know, yeah, I just think that we could re- start respecting the streams. Like you, you get, you, we are getting like the newer crowd and I think it's our job and our duty as anglers that have been doing it for a while to kind of like maybe be leaders and start leading and, but not to be rude about it, you know, just be like, just be courteous, you know, and just respect the stream and, and it'll respect you. I mean, that's our future generation right there. That's the whole reason. What are you even down there for fishing? If you're going to trash it or ruin it or ruin somebody else's time, let's just all go down there enjoy what it's all about have fun if you see somebody littering don't be a jerk about it but you know maybe just say something like hey you know could you kind of respect the stream a little bit better or you know just be respectful everyone just needs to kind of do that instead of bump heads because once we do that then it's just not going to get anywhere and in fact it's just going to get worse and that's not what we want yeah no, for sure. And I think, too, with the added pressure, that even becomes more important, you know, because there's just more people using the resource. And as we all yeah. know, you know, the more people out there, the more chances there's going to be somebody accidentally lets a, a bag, you know, drift off or a chocolate bar wrapper or whatever. But uh, I, yeah. I, I, I don't know about you, t- Tom, but my experience with fly fishers as a whole, it's been pretty darn good. Usually, uh, I think most of the people I run into are looking to look after the resource. Absolutely. I would have to agree with you on that. Uh, I would have to say most of the people, but there again, those are the guys that have probably been doing it probably for at least three years or more. You know what I mean? I'm just saying it's probably some of the guys that, are doing it for the first time, like you're saying, they let a chocolate bar slip or something like that because they just don't know what the water's like. They don't know, you know, exactly how to move on it. And I get that. I get that. When I started out, I can, I probably dropped stuff and never even knew about it, you know? Mm-hmm. So it, it's just, that's why I'm, I wanted to say that we also got to be respectful towards them in that aspect because they are newer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, for sure. And I think you need, you need patience, right? So I, I see sometimes people 
post stuff on social media and other people jump all over and it's like you know what these people are new you can't just jump down their throats you can you can put it in a nice way like i don't know about you but i you know my hackles go up if somebody starts slamming on me but it's like tell me why tell me what i should be doing i think there's a lot of people out there that um it's more how you verbalize it than you know what you're saying if that makes sense Oh, absolutely it does. That's why I'm trying to say that you kind of got to, if you see somebody littering or you see somebody holding a fish wrong or whatnot, you don't need to be a jerk about it. Just be respectful about it. If they take it and they learn from it, then good. If they don't, then, you know, that sucks, but there's nothing you can really do about it at the end of the day, except you know what you need to do and that's all you can is continue doing what's good from you and that's it and and hopefully share it with others that were are willing to learn hmm. yeah i like the way you, i like the way you put that um it, it, since we spoke last is there anything weird or wonderful that's happened to you in in your time on the water have you had any weird wildlife encounters have you had anything kind of noteworthy that you maybe want to dial us in on um, on the water or just in general? You pick, man. Either. Uh, man, you know, there's there's been quite a few interesting stuff. Um, but I will, I will have to say, you know, I just want everyone to watch out that I, I am, uh, there is going to be a book coming out. And it's going to be soon. I don't know how soon. But it is it, a lot of stuff starting to come together, and it's in the mix. So I'm trying to shoot for next spring, hopefully. But if not, it'll be the previous one or the later one or maybe that fall or whatnot. Hmm. But I'd like to shoot for next spring for a book to come out. In fact, I got Drifthook helping me and uh, a couple other people. So we'll see. Can you give us an inkling about what that might be about? Uh, it is going to be, um, it's going to be Pennsylvania based, but I truly believe that I am going to put stuff in it that Mark, I'm going to put, there's going to be stuff in it that nobody's heard of. Nobody's thought of. Hmm. Um, I got some golden eggs in there that I mean, yeah. I just feel like I should share. So, I love it. uh, keep your eyes open for that <laughs> i can't wait man i'll be the first to buy it let me know when it's out and w- in fact when you, it comes out you, you you call me and we'll do a show about it okay well absolutely we'll do a show about it and you will get a free signed copy <laughs> <laughs> so what else is going on in your world so as far as like is there any bucket list stuff you're looking to knock off the list? Is there any trips you got coming up either this, this summer or maybe into fall that Tom wants to do for Tom? Does that make sense? Yeah. So, you know, me and my dad kind of started this uh, a couple years back. Um, we started going to Colorado. You know, that's where my sponsor Drift Hook is from. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never been to Colorado, so we started going there, and we're going to probably go this fall. We usually go the first uh, two weeks of October, and then I get back and I jump right into steelhead. I mean, I dive right in. But we go to Colorado, and we have a blast. I mean, it's just it's amazing. But I do have a bucket list place, and it would probably have to be 
it would have to be that Washington State or Oregon State, you mm. know, steelhead. I, you know, that's still a bucket list thing of mine. I would love to do so. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see where that where it goes. Are we talking the the shoots? Where where are we talking for steelies? Uh, you know, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure yet. I'm not a hundred percent sure. You know, I see a lot of great steelhead coming from mm. your area, even, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, Alaska, but I was just talking to a guy in a shop, a local shop today about Alaska. That's a whole nother world. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Whole nother world. Check out the grand Ronde in, in Washington. If you haven't, I had a gentleman on and, um, I'm telling you, some... Washington. I think Washington State is at the top of my list. From what I'm hearing, that's where the bigger steelies are coming from. That's where the nice ones. But so yeah. I, I have been aiming towards Washington State. My cousin actually lives in Washington State. So, so we'll see. We'll see. Perfect. Um, hey, thanks for doing this, man. It's it's so good to catch up again. It's been a while, but we got We got to do this again. And 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 promise me this: when when you get that book together, uh, you'll be the first call that 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 we make. So we want to talk about that and find out what the heck's going on. <laughs> oh, absolutely, Mark. Absolutely. We've been chatting tonight with Tom Ossoff. Tom is out of Erie, PA. Steelhead guide, artist, carpenter. He's with Drift Hook. Thomas and Thomas Rods. Look them up on Instagram. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by theflycrate.com. Thank you for listening to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Your feedback matters. Let us know if there's a person or topic you'd like discussed. Email us at mark at flyfishing97.com. Until next time, tight lines, and we'll see you on the water. Thank you.